I'm back. Happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth to everybody out there as well. I do want to stop and say a special thank you to our top patrons today. So thank you, Kathy, Cindy, Brian, Chelsea, Jesse, Travis, Tyler, and Brian. If you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash look what I did. You can support for as little as a dollar. Of course, another great way to support is just share the show with people. We've had tons of great guests in the past and more amazing guests coming up in the future as well. And you can also take a moment to rate and review on iTunes is super helpful as well. And don't forget to subscribe. So this week, we have Mr. Eric Allen on the show. He's a tattoo artist who I've known for, I don't know, over 20 years. Um, just one of the like sweetest, most generous human beings you're ever going to meet in the body of a barbarian giant. Um, but we go back a long time. Uh, there's For us, I think it was just fun to sit down and kind of catch up a little bit as well. But there was so much I learned about the artistry of tattooing in this conversation because um, you know I've, I've never really sat down and had the conversation and so it was a really illuminating experience for me so if you're thinking about getting a tattoo i would highly recommend eric um but also definitely just listening to the show whether you're considering getting one or um you're interested in art and kind of different mediums that was one thing we talked about is just like the skill it takes to understand kind of an ever-changing canvas, right? So it was super fascinating, and I always love learning new stuff like that. Um, be sure to always check out LWID Project on Instagram. We'll post photos, um, ask questions. That's probably the best platform for interaction, so you can always go there and check it out. And as always, look what I did as part of the VoicePress network. So you can go to voicepress.com. You can find other finely curated, independently pro produced podcasts there as well. And uh, yeah, I think without further ado, Mr. Eric Allen, enjoy. A lot of money so we can hang out and chat like a therapist. Uh, I'm also rethinking Also a wing of my uh, profession that isn't accredited or earned upon. <laughs> yeah, right. Ink therapy. Yeah, hell I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's, so you're aware. People if, put themselves in vulnerable positions and and their personalities come out. <laughs> you know, they uh, they get rather, they admit a lot of things. Well, you they, sit there long they enough. They ask a lot of things. And of course, there's a whole lot talking. of really generic questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, um, it's a fun time. Not to make this kind of, a, I realize I sent a bunch of disparate photos and it may be impossible to make that a cohesive thing. So the older alternative would be like old school map with like the, the fantasy stuff turning into like a map of the stars with sci-fi stuff, which would be way easier and more comprehensive. Like, you know, I mean, I think your idea is pretty good. It's just one of those yeah, things just, where as with anything, there has to be a wrangling of, of things. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, if for most people a lot of people have a really good idea uh to come in with uh but a lot of people you know about half come in and editing is is the key word because it's, it's like, like man i want music. a i want a unicorn tattoo cool that's good but i also want randy savage on it that's even better man <laughs> well i want it to have wings and, and a horn well that's an alicorn but let's keep going <laughs> uh and then you end up finding out they want uh you know i want an alicorn with randy savage but with hulk hogan's headband and i want him standing uh as a hood ornament on this muscle car that i also want yeah. and i want it all on my on my knuckle you know, so uh, <laughs> the smallest thing possible. A lot of people, and and that's it, because we have to think comp compositionally, stylistically, right. because everything that makes a good, uh, you know, 
every good painting is not a good logo design. As a matter of fact, in the word of, world of illustration and design, the exact those are opposite. Like, those, like, that's why they're separated. Yeah, you know. And uh, with tattoos, there's a lot of that same sensibility that goes in. Just because it makes a great logo doesn't mean it makes a great tattoo. Just because it's, it's a great painting, so a lot of people have ideas. It's like, okay, well, let's rein it in and turn it into a cohesive story or at least an image. You know, something yeah. that's impactful and bold and not. You know, and also in our world, we're dealing with skin, so it's it's gelatinous and, it's and it not ages. Erasable and the and way uh, stretches, well, yeah, but also the way the ink sits in the skin and ages over time, uh, you have to make a product that you know we're temporary. So, oh, I want it to last your entire temporary life. You're going to be nothing in 50, 100 years, yeah. but while you're here, I want you to have this perfect. And so the idea that we want it to last your entire life is already sort of semi silly in the impermanence of it all. But also, you know, we want to give you a product that's going to be readable, that's going to be legible and actually holds up over time. And you're not in two or three years going, oh, well, that's washed out or that detail's now just smudgy. You know, you want something that's actually going to look well years later. Yeah. And there's some stuff that is the most beautiful tattooing, some really technical stuff, some neat things on weird places of the body. And you see photos of them all over the internet and you constantly have people like, oh, I want this, I want this. And they'll bring in a lot of times the same reference of the same one thing that was done one time and the pictures were taken right when it was healed and they never showed you what it looked like a week later. Yeah. You know, and there are a lot of, a lot of size tattoos that people try to get away with and, and, you know, skin densities make right. up for that too. Some people that can get this level of detail in their skin. Well, that person might not necessarily oh, be able I've to never have thought that about level. that at oh, all. Yeah. Your skin is is varied and wild. Some is real buoyant and moisturized and just soaks everything up like a sponge. Some skin is a Sharpie on uh, copy paper. Some skin is a number two pencil on a wet sponge. So even when people want a similar tattoo, you have to work that skin relative. Like if a father and son or worse yet, a grandfather and grandson come in and want the same tattoo on the same spot you know, to get them to actually look exactly alike. It's very, is, very different. Well, I mean, obviously they're not going to look exactly alike. Right, right. Different, different people, even even identical twins aren't 100% <laughs> identical. What? But yeah, uh, you know, skin, uh, skin wear, skin age, skin composition, all that melanin content. Like there's yeah. different ethnicities that are easier or better to tattoo than others just because of how much melanin, uh, what the UV light does to their skin, whether or not it gets through and damages it and you're dealing with me who's ultra white boy who has you know 40 some years of freckles and sun damage on my skin so when i go to tattoo a nice smooth buttery line it doesn't come out just as clean as it would on say a 20 year old latin person who the sun doesn't even bother them for the most part so right there's there's a lot of different things that go into just the skin composition well and i think to your like I don't go out in the sun a whole, whole lot. Right. Sure. So then I'm hopefully somewhat reducing the chances of sun fading and like the other, cause that Absolutely. is all going to have a long term yeah, yeah. effect. But, uh, okay. Let's start with who you are and what you do. Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm Eric Allen. I am a professional custom tattoo artist based in Rogers, Arkansas. And I've been doing it most of my adult life, but I've done a whole lot of things. But you have done a lot of things. Okay. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, how did you get to, cause we met in the mall, mm -hmm. like, I started in the mall. I think you had a life before that, but, oh, yeah. uh, 
<laughs> probably a storied one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how did like, were, was tattooing always the plan? Uh, yeah. Since I was a little kid, it was kind of like there was an explosive moment in my life. I had a single mom, uh, raising me and my older half sister. And, uh, we moved every few months. My mom worked for a real estate company that essentially, I guess my mom got really good at hiring and training leasing teams. So we would move from complex to complex and one six month stretch, it would be a brand new complex on an affluent side of town, which was wonderful and beautiful. And they were just brand new and needed a team put together. And then, you know, a few months after that was set and settled, my mom will get a call and be like, oh, hey, uh, this HUD housing over here where they got the six foot fences and the barbed wire. Yeah, the whole leasing team was embezzling. So we need to clean it up. So it's it was really crazy going uh, every six months we would move. And more often than not, we were in lower income housing than right. higher. But it was a real crazy uh, spin. And there was never a male figure in there for me. It was my older sister and my mom. And... My mom got a gig uh, in a town, I can't remember which one, I grew up in every suburb you can imagine between Houston and Texas, uh, and there was a leasing agent she hired named Karen, uh, who wasn't a Karen, but anyway. Uh, she <laughs> That means a whole new thing now. Yeah, she the- had this big burly boyfriend named Bear, and Bear was a biker, and Bear was kind to me, and it all boils down to that. Bear was just this big weird wrench turning rock music always out in front of his apartment working on his motorcycle but he just always had his shirt off and his big bare belly hanging out and he had tattoos all up and down his arms and i didn't so much want to be him i've never really had an affiliation or attraction to any kind of bike or anything but I just thought his artwork was awesome. I mean, I don't even remember exactly what they were. Probably really bad biker tattoos from the 60s. Tasmanian devil. Oh, no. 60s would be early. He was kind to me, and I just just liked his look, his style. And he was kind of one of my first real role models for, for a little stretch of life. And I fell in love with it. And just that and kind of... I like weird things. I like <laughs> I like things out on the edge. Uh, I got... You know, I'm kind of obsessed with... Uh, with early 20th century Americana, sideshow culture, all that fun stuff. Um, and it kind of just plays in naturally. The tattooed lady, you know, right. all that. Yeah, yeah. So um, just in my search, you know, I grew up pre-internet, so I always had access to entire encyclopedia sets uh, of knowledge. We were avid garage sailors, so there was always a Britannica around right. somewhere that I could pick up for, you know, a quarter or whatever. And I just immersed myself in that whole side of life and art and still do today. But that's kind of what led me to tattooing was that moment. And, uh, you know, I went to the Marine Corps out of high school. That didn't help because, you know, soldiers (laughs) all getting tattooed. And as soon as I got out of the Marine Corps, I uh, immediately went to work. Just in high school, I actually had a little kind of podunk shop and a guy that uh, had it there who was my first mentor. wasn't a very good mentor, but you know, it's again, back in the, back in the nineties, tattoo artists weren't necessarily artists. They were other things that came into it. Uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, he, he was kind of in that bridge where he was sort of an artist, sort of just kind of a low life guy that stumbled into it. So he wasn't a very consistent mentor, but Throughout high school, he was kind of there with his little shop on the side, and I went and you know cleaned up the floor and got every little pointer I could from him. Uh, fast forward to getting out of the Marine Corps, and uh, I actually hooked up with him again and <clears throat> was able through him and then another couple of uh, mentors to, to finally get in and do it. And I worked 
as a piercer uh, before tattooing in Fayetteville uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. That was uh, about four or five years. And then uh, had a kid and left the whole industry for a few years. But anyway, that's how I got into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, and then you said something there that like, so, I, you know, late 90s, like I, it seemed like everybody would go get a tattoo right and there was this just like explosion of like do you remember the butterfly that would be like a lion's face but it's a butterfly and oh it was the lower back to, right yeah, they were yeah, just these sure. very like trendy or oh for, that's still happening for it's, I, yeah. i'm sure and um for guys like the barbed wire right or whatever the for thing sure. was but there was always this like thing to do and and so i i remember my like i wanted a tattoo um and talking to my dad he was like think for you know a long time about like what you're gonna do it's a permanent thing he was not a supporter of doing it but it was like it felt very uh like you would just go get a tattoo right like i didn't know a lot of people that got like whole sleeves or back pieces or whatever and when you did see somebody you're like that's awesome but i would also like i can't do that or i'll never get a job right like that's what your parents tell you the whole time but then it seemed like slowly tattoos have just become more acceptable and it's almost like you see more large pieces on people and like I work in a corporate office and see people with sleeves or whatever there you know and um so it just feels like tattooing or tattoos have become more socially acceptable as a whole like has has that scene grown in your opinion uh well absolutely uh it's and in in Interesting and funny ways because when I came into it, you know, it was way back in the 1900s. Uh, and it was definitely different then. Uh, I've had a septum <laughs> For a split piercing. second, I was like, really? Like 1920s? I was like, hold on. Yeah, no, 1900s, no, 1900s can be the late half but of I mean, the 1900s. Now, now that's over 20 years ago. So, that's fair, so yeah. we're, we're talking about we're a, like antique you know, automobiles. Last century. <laughs> Uh, so weird to say, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot different back then. The, the whole culture of it was very much, uh, taboo. Uh, and you would see people with a tattoo and people would be excited, especially when they saw you with several tattoos, they would, they would, Oh, look, I got this back in blah, blah, blah. And you could tell, like they would kind of light up. It's something that's a little missed now because those people don't exist as much where, you know, it was really something to have a tattoo. Right. Yeah. Uh, But also, you know, nowadays you're not walking through shopping at the grocery store and someone literally grabs your wrist as you're passing. I mean, they still do, but now it's because of recognition and not because of let me see that. Yeah. Like it, like an imposition even. Right. I've had my septum pierced since 1995. Uh, It's older than most of my clients. But also, uh, you know, at that point in time, growing up, especially in the South, you know, every every little blue-haired lady's just going to do what they're going to do. Uh, I would be shopping for groceries and have a hand reach up and and grab onto my septum ring and say, I ought to pull that thing out. And I'm like, what are you doing? Don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a lot of that doesn't happen. But it used to be really weird. It used to be like you were the sideshow. 
And that might be what got me into it more than anything was just wanting to want to be that. that I mean, I counterculture, used to do, like, oh, kinda, yeah, I used yeah. to do all the blockhead tricks. I've eaten glass and hammered nails in my face and all that fun stuff. <laughs> We're uh, definitely I, going down that road later. I have a six foot tall human muscular system bed of nails in my living room that I made uh, that looks like it came straight out of a 1930 performance. So it's pretty, it's, uh, I laid it's on one of those bad. once at a science museum. You can lay on like, mine. Surprisingly more comfortable than one would expect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Next it's, mattress, it, I have to get better like nails. Much of the taboo things. I mean, there are some of them that are pretty straightforward and they're exactly what you see and they're pretty scary, but there's usually a little bit of like, it's more the fear of what it might be. But right. when you actually lay down on it, you're like, hey, this is therapeutic. Like everyone should do this for about 30 minutes yeah, a day. This isn't and then you get all. people looking at you like you're a loon and then, then you figure out, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe you are. Yeah. You know? You're like, well, this is what <laughs> differentiates me from the others. Um, oh, you said something like, uh, I, I still see it occasionally where you'll have somebody kind of like comment on, right, like uh, tattoos that you have or whatever. But I, I do think it's become much more like it's almost hard to find a person that doesn't have some tattooing or whatever. Oh, it's entirely um, socially acceptable. At yeah. This point. Like, I mean, it's still a little bit too much for the corporate office world. So. You know, they're not going to be, they're not a fan of people walking in with tattoos across their knuckles or hands. But as yeah. far as people having tattoos, uh, it isn't something anymore that is uh, near as taboo. Yeah. As and, and piercings be. kind of followed suit too, right? Like, yeah. As a matter of fact, that's uh, what's, what's super great about piercing is uh, it is now the most common uh the most common thing it 20 years ago, you would not be able to get an application to apply at Walmart or right. any other such yeah. large retailer. Uh, and now find me anyone working the floor of any of them that isn't covered in tattoos and piercings. Right. Like I see that happen a lot where like kind of a, a like a fringe culture type thing, like, Growing up, I remember like skating, right? Like that was sure, just this right, kind of like right. the punk hooligan kids were the ones that, right? Like who doesn't own a skateboard after Tony Hawk Pro Skater, right? Like everybody's owned one at some point. My daughter skates all the time. Like it's not even a thought anymore, but there was that period of time where like those were the rough kids. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah, just like yeah. permeated culture yeah. as, and it's not quite the same as what you're saying, but I see that happen a lot where like it just kind of slowly seeps in and one day it's like all right we all listen to like rock music now when at one point like electric guitars were the devil's tool or whatever kind of thing sure. right like right i mean that's that's cultural and artistic progress in life anyway you know i mean just uh, as the skateboarding example goes you hardly see signs that say no skateboarding anymore yeah but you know growing up as we did there were signs not just signs everywhere like there were like actively in television shows there like if you saw the skateboarder it was usually a beat cop has got him detained <laughs> on the corner yeah. like what are you kids doing writing him a ticket like some 15 year old kid cares and you about still that. But, sometimes see you know, weird architectural decisions that were designed to block skating or, because sure, it was right, right, right. like or, we don't know, want these kids hanging out sleeping or, or whatever yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah 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 there's there's all kinds of that urban urban construction happening but you know it's one of those things where as it becomes a mainstream part of society and the taboo washes off of it society kind of starts accepting it and building around it and you know it always ends up not being a big deal anyway now we have some really neat artistic uh skate parks all over northwest arkansas yeah some, some of the greatest little art murals and stuff are painted on on the back of a half pipe you know that, yeah. that no one will see that doesn't live in the neighborhood but they're wonderful geometric 
murals just going off on all these little places where teenagers get to have a place to do it. But also like if they were doing it downtown, nobody would be like, Oh, somebody needs to do something about that skateboard. Right. Because right. you know, it is what it is. Same thing with the nose ring. And you know, it used to be a super taboo thing that was, you know, that person's either a ruffian or that person is a member of a certain sect of society or, right. or leads a certain lifestyle. But now it's like, you have a nose ring. Like, yeah, it, it's whatever people, the only people that, that notice them are people that don't and they don't notice them hardly. Which is funny because I think it pushes the extreme to figure out a new way to be extreme, right? Like to be that kind of like fringe culture or whatever. You I think, think to- that, but not really. Uh, we had in in body modification anyway as a whole. You know, I'll go outside of just tattooing and hit body modification. Tattooing is absolutely doing that because our resources are wider now. We can pull right. from inspiration, design, illustration, and art from anywhere. Uh, right. I've replicated surrealist paintings and I do my own doodles that I think up in the morning, you know? Um, but as far as, uh, Oh, I lost my train of thought right there. The, uh, <laughs> pushing like the, the fringe culture, counterculture. Uh, right, to, right. Like, uh, as far as body to... modification goes and pushing that it really did in the early two thousands, but everybody kind of dialed back with, uh, with the body modification scene, uh, tattoo imagery is getting weirder and more pushing the borders. But as far as body modification with implants and with piercings, it was getting really weird in the That's late nineties, early yeah, 2000s. There's... I mean, there were trends with, I mean, I, I don't want to get too non family friendly, but people were removing body parts and right, like nullification right. was a thing. And there was a, there were a whole lot of not good piercings that people were trying to make happen. And now really it's, it's kind of dialed down to a point where you don't have people that are looking for that. Like it's, this, it's, it's not taboo anymore. People right. aren't looking to do it, to push the envelope. Honestly, when they are, it's, it's kind of kind of weird you well, know when people come in and they want something beautiful on their body or something meaningful to them it's one thing but when people come in and they're like i want this because everyone i know will think i'm the wildest and weirdest thing ever it's like man you better you better come pretty wild and weird yeah, yeah fair. <laughs> the bar is pretty high but also like just the level of acceptance is generally it's wider bigger, and, yeah yeah and it's just not as crazy but a lot of the really crazy stuff was was kind of hiccuped through, I guess you could say, yeah. as the as body modification tattoos and piercings were becoming mainstream, we kind of worked out all the all the bad stuff. I guess kind of you you still got crust punk skateboarders out there that'll that'll you know slap their trucks across a cop, but it's most of those guys have been weeded out, and a lot of the culture of skateboarding doesn't even look towards that kind of ideas anymore to to continue to use right, that, that as way. A I guess I was thinking of like how you know face tattoos are still that's still kind of a job killers yeah, yeah like it has sure. that taboo feel right and then you see and i don't remember what the genre of music is but there's that like uh post malone type oh like, yeah right Absolutely. where like yeah, yeah. everybody's mm-hmm. getting face t- like more and more ridiculous tattoos and like in or like rainbow colored hair right like whatever right. the thing is sure because to and maybe I'm wrong, but like, I see that as this, like, well, we have to still figure out a way to like, still differentiate, uh, like from what is accepted to something that's a little bit different. And I think it was post Malone or it was somebody in the genre that was like, yeah, I did this because I knew I couldn't get a job with it. And it forced me that I was going to have to be good at music. Right. Like that was their like personal statement to themselves kind of thing. Um, so most of the, it doesn't work out quite as well for most people (laughs) with face tattoos. And and again, you kind of come to a thing where, uh, 
people with face, it's not the face tattoo. It's the personality and the motivations behind the, yeah, that's the individual fair. getting yeah. the face tattoo yeah. that is being judged, I think, a lot there. And maybe rightly so in a lot of senses. And that's not to say I don't think people should get face tattoos. But it's, you know, it's not even the content of the face tattoo. If you're going to get a face tattoo, you've either secured yourself and you know exactly who you are and what you're going for. Or you're kind of a little chaotic and maybe won't ever. Right. So you're just barreling forward. And, and you know, using Post Malone's example, that man is talented beyond yeah, any genre I can imagine. I mean, the guy's the guy's I watch that guy crazy. sit and play acoustic guitar, and I'm uh, like, you can do it all. Like, this isn't fair to have that much talent in one body. Like, <laughs> I was so thankful for his pandemic live stream of yes. the Nirvana performance yes. because I needed something to wash that puddle of mud covered the three days or four days prior out of my brain. The <laughs> that was that was rough. I didn't but see then, that one. Oh, about a girl, you you should do yourself. Mm. Uh, Should I disservice? No, no, well, uh, you know, I like, uh, okay, so I'm forever expansive and explorative. I don't want to do anything, you know, harmful to anybody, but I got to see it all. I got to know it all. I got to experience it all. Good, bad, and ugly. So, yeah, I would have to. I would, I would I would not suggest you try to enjoy it, but I would suggest you Observe experience it. it. Observe Absolutely, the, yeah. know that it is out there so that you may appreciate other things better, like Post oh, Malone's. Th- there's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it'll absolutely. Know, oh you yeah, watch that and then absolutely. watch anything else and be like, well, that's better. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't have tattoos on every square inch of my body, but I've tattooed every square inch of my body with a tattoo machine because, you know, you got to know what that stuff feels like if you're going to do it to people. And also the frame of reference in existing like, man, you know, I've, I've been tattooing the inner thigh of people for all these years and I really don't know what that feels like. So let me, let me get down there and, Oh, that, that sucks. Maybe I'll be slightly more empathetic towards my next client. Just drag the needle across the, yeah, I've always been like. I'm waiting for the day where I encounter the tattoo artist with no tattoos. Like, I just want to see They're out that. There. I know They're there are. There. I just haven't ever met them. Right. Like, sure. Um, but then, I mean, part of you has to be like, well, are you the best one ever? Because just like, you don't trust anybody else to do it. Maybe like you're like, where does the barber get their hair? Exactly. Like, <laughs> that I was about to bring up that very same analogy. It's like, well, I mean, that's, and I'm not exceptionally heavily tattooed for a tattoo artist. First. Yeah, no, I'm I don't, yeah. huge. I have a massive body. So my tattoos you have a lot of canvas much, to work with. You are I, I an do, actual giant, like, You're like six, uh, seven or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. I have a, a, a forearm <laughs> tattoo on me is a arm tattoo for a lot of people. Uh, but also, you know, I, I've, I've spent, all my professional time doing them. Yeah. And you know, when you're, when you're booked up all the time, I don't know, a lot of people sit down and they just, they, they're all about it, but I'm a single father. So my job is my job and my <laughs> parental and adult responsibilities for the last 17 years, which is almost my entire career in the body modification yeah. industry have been raising my kids. So I don't have a whole lot of time to party and get extra tattoos or book it in and do this. It's like, no, nah, man, I go and work my 40 to 45 hours a week at the studio. I put in probably another 30 hours a week doing client drawings and, and stuff crazy. outside of my work. Uh, and then, you know, all of the other talking to people through all the various social medias. And I just launched a website, blackbirdbodyart.com. Hopefully I'm trying to get everybody kind of concentrated and, and funnel into a single source channel. so I can at least channel that down. Cause that is, especially now with social media being such a big part of our industry, it's, I've got to check inboxes across five or six different accounts every single day. And that that's, 
pretty time consuming. Doesn't doesn't really help me sit down in the chair and get tattoos yeah, a lot. Yeah, because everybody comes at you from whatever angle they encounter you on, right? And so oh, if you're on all these, sure, sure. and it's like, oh, direct this way. I, I see that with people mm-hmm. a lot who have like uh, their own creative endeavor, right? A lot of times you're the only back-end person handling the incoming messaging, right? Oh, like you're not yeah, a big yeah, corporation yeah. that can funnel that down, That's right. whatever. And so I see people a lot of times will post like, here's the rules for contacting me and like the way to do for it sure. because I just can't manage all this different stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to actually talk about like the, the, the art piece of it because I think like two, twofold, um, there's an art in like, copying existing work right like flash or whatever that might sure. be but then there's like also like you you are a an artist right uh, like yes i mean i think so right like <laughs> oh for am, sure for like sure. legitimately an artist and then and it's cool to see where you've taken like not like famous tattoos right because you i think you see some tattoos where it's like Yes, I know this tattoo. From oh, there's generalized whatever, content. Right? McDonald's yeah. didn't become the number one burger in the world because they're the you know the the most gourmet or the sexiest burger. Yeah. It's the most accessible burger. People like it. It's dependable. They come to know it. And yeah, just yeah. as far as imagery and tattoos, it's the same exact thing. People aren't going to come in with the original idea every five minutes. They're going to come in with the uh, with I want the same that idea. Like this that, Sailor Jerry right, thing or right. whatever. For yeah. every ten you do, one of them is a neat original fun right. concept. And you know, if you're lucky, uh one in ten of those is something that you draw that wasn't requested that people just see your art and want it. Well and that's that's what I thought was cool was like you're taking these original art pieces and then turning them into wearable art, or I think in some cases you like you've posted stuff for sale that's just like wall art, right? Like something I could frame. Oh and put yeah, on the yeah. wall. I'm an illustrator, designer. Yeah, and so it's cool to see like I try to try to keep it all separate. It's the tricky part. <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably. But to see that, like, to me, it frames it up more as like, oh yeah, this is art. Like this is just like an art that I like, I can choose to have it permanently on me or I can have it on a wall or on a t-shirt or whatever. Right. And like really like reframes your thought process because I think, and this is terrible from my perspective that I don't always think of tattoo artists as being artists. Right. But they, a lot of them aren't. Uh, and that's, what's weird. Uh, okay. So as far to address the the question of whether or not tattoo artists are artists, uh, you know, a lot of tattoo artists are technicians. And in the past, that's really how people got into tattoo art. It was, do you copy and trace? Uh, but it's way more than just copy and tracing. But can you reliably copy or trace this design in the skin at the proper depth with not causing too much trauma? In a clean manner. You know, there's all the sorts of things that go into the technical aspect of tattooing right. that aren't. Art isn't necessary. I mean, we're medical practitioners in the sense that we are regulated by the state health department and we have to keep certain protocols and standards to keep from, uh, you know, letting bloodborne pathogens and cross contamination into our scene. You know, we right, deal with right. this stuff. from the second you sit in our chair, we're opening your skin. So, you know, there's a lot of technical stuff, right, right, that goes with the art of tattooing uh, that isn't art per se. Uh, but then you get into the art part and yeah, like, uh, to, I think to be a decent tattooer, you have to be more than a technician because anybody can copy. Uh, but you know, we've gone past the age of 
not past the age of flash tattooing because there's actually revival in a lot of that that's really great and there's all styles of art there's all styles of tattooing uh but we've gone past the flash on the wall culture of tattooing where you walk in and it's like you pick it i stick it kind of thing right uh and people are being forced to become more artistic uh and kind of develop their own style or niche in it and that's neat too, but then I think, you know, as an artist, a lot of people get pigeonholed into a specific style. And some people book out careers doing one sort of thing, and it's amazing. They they built on their thing. But also as an artist, you're fielding, uh, especially, you know, I guess an, a versatile tattoo artist. And this is where it starts to get into the psychological part of, am I an artist? You have to be versatile. You have to be able to do different styles. I, you know, last week I did some goofy, fat, thick, smooth line, uh, you know, old school tattooing stuff, uh, you know, stuff that people would see and say, oh, that's Sailor Jerry, even though there's half a dozen guys that did the same stuff. Uh, And then, you know, a couple months before that, I was replicating a surrealist oil painting by Crayola Simpkins. So, you know, it's uh, just the technical ability to be able to approach different types of skin with different mediums of art and apply it well is uh, is something you can't really do as just a technician. You have right. to have, you know, good color theory. You have to have sensibilities on where things do and don't go uh, compositionally on the body. We ha- we're not, we're not, l- soup cans design you know the illustration part and the design part marry in a really weird way because we're trying to label a human being that has all these dips and curves and valleys and when you place images on them it will distort and contort depending on how they roll through those so when we're drawing for a certain part on a certain body we have to make sure the face doesn't hit this dip or it'll pinch in and then it'll totally distort the head you know yeah uh you don't want uh you know you you don't want uh, Gal Gardot or, you, you know, looking like Kelsey Grammer when you're done. <laughs> just Fair. just by placement of shape. It's like, oh, that really long. <laughs> you kind of turned your head into a little bit of a peanut there. Sorry, Kelsey That's Grammer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then that uh, gets into the psychology of art because what is my style? I've spent 20 years, uh, you know, sometimes it's my original stuff that I want to work on. But when I want to work on my original stuff, it's been heavily influenced by all of the requests that I've been chartered with executing. So it's really hard in that, uh, you know, every couple of years I kind of do something a little different, get tired of it, push it out of my way and go a new direction just because... It's, it's a constant kind of battle of finding yourself. One thing, especially a marketable thing in a lot of art is having people that can sell themselves well based on their style. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of tattooers that do it really, really well, but I, I like to, I'm, I'm compelled to create and to learn. So I can't really pocket myself and be like, oh, this is my thing. Right. I can say this is my thing right now, but you know, get it now because in a couple of years <laughs> I might change. decide to go fine line black and gray instead of these bold <laughs> color filled things I'm doing now. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I don't think it, there are people that we've had on like, the show over the years where it's just like, Oh, this is relatively straightforward. Right. And then you start talking about, it's like, this is the most complex thing I get. Oh like, man. Just the amount of stuff you have to <laughs> navigate or think about or be able to do. And like, I don't know if I personally, or even most people will give enough appreciation to like, um, the like convergence of things that have to be in a person to make it's somebody just, truly great at what they skin, do. Right. 
Yeah, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> all, I mean, I can't draw at all. all so uh, I automatically, I'm like, well, that's better than I could do for sure. But yeah, you get all these, like you were talking about at the beginning of like skin density and oh, like yeah. those types of things. Yeah. Like never, I mean, I've definitely thought about like, you know, 80 year old skin is going to be different than 25 year old skin or whatever. And, you know, you hear things like, um, like kind of muscles, like the least painful bone and fat are more painful. And like, so you think of like that density of, um, skin or whatever is probably like has some effect, but, um, I think of it as a consumer of like, well, that's going to hurt more and that's going to hurt less. I don't think about the fact that like that's going to work differently, right. Over sure. this other part of my body. So that like, yeah, just a crazy level of understanding of anatomy too, I guess, in a way like to like, Oh yeah. How people <laughs> respond to whatever you're trying to get done. That's nuts. Sure. Right. The other thing that I wanted to ask a while ago is so as the proliferation of tattooing has, you know, it's become more common, I think, and like more people are probably getting tattoos, which means there's more need for talent coming in. Right. And so I'm going to probably very inappropriately link this to the nineties music scene, but you have this moment where like consumers are buying everything. Right. And everybody's getting signed and they're like, there's a bunch of bad, but there's also some mm -hmm. really, really, really great that sure. comes out of it. And I feel like I've seen that in the tattoo scene where like colors seem, and some of it's probably technology too, right? Just advancement in mm -hmm. technology, but like colors seem brighter and like, more uh just vibrant and potentially maybe last longer too i'm sure there's a technology thing there yeah uh vaguely yes it's it's real crazy just the advancement of tattooing in general uh it's not done any differently than it has been since its inception uh since its mindful inception <laughs> uh it's just really creating uh perforations in the skin and putting some pigment in there uh, but as far as the eye on it and the social acceptance of it, just like anything else, it piled so many people in that innovation was bound to happen. Uh, the first electric tattoo machine was an invention by Thomas Edison. It was an electric engraving pen. That's cool. Uh, and yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of coming full circle. Now uh, I use a uh, my tattoo machine. Used to be a lot of cords and coil machines, and you'd have to do a lot of different tuning and and building on your machines uh, in order to use them. And some people that are purists still do, but now uh, it's kind of come full circle to where I'm using a pin in my hand again. Not only am I using an electric pin in my hand, I, I'm not even tethered by cords or foot switches right. or any of that anymore. So does that make my tattooing? more advanced no but it kind of frees me up to think more about tattooing and less about maintaining and stuff. working on my machines right. and i think any good tattooer should know the history and the mechanics of all that but people coming in the door now they don't have to waste any thought or time building needle groupings which right. is you know we spent hours and hours doing back in the day i don't know the last tattoo artist that i've I've know people that have been tattooing for 10, 15 years who don't even know what a needle jig is or how to use them. So uh, there's advances in technology that kind of allow you to pay attention to different things in it, but also the people themselves are different. Again, yeah, that's it used where to I be was... a taboo culture that right. only, you know, again, like I mentioned before, it was prison and bikers and, you know, this and that. And it wasn't taboo because of the art. Uh, you know, there were royalty that had tattoos in Europe before American tattooing was even a thing to be taboo. Uh, but, uh, 
as it became more mainstream, you had less gatekeeping and more people getting into it that were getting into it for the art of it. And that right. pushed the innovation of application. So I think it's pretty much at its peak as far as, and it has been for 20 years now, as far as what can be done technically and what can be, uh, you know, the like I said, the process doesn't change, but the pigments have been getting, I guess, a little more dialed in. There used right. to be, you know, we used to, again, mix our own pigments back in the day. We would take witch hazel and powdered pigment that we would buy from tattoo supply companies and we would mix our own pigments. Then you went to, well, you could buy pigments. Now it's such that there is uh, just a handful of companies that sell quality pigment uh, that don't sell to private individuals. You right. have to have licenses and locations and all that. But they've dialed it in uh, over the last 40 or so years of tattooing with the pigments that nothing's fundamentally different about them, but just, I guess, the the mix is, the, the chemistry little, of the mix right. has gotten just right enough to where, you know, you can more reliably keep the colors vibrant longer. But that's also just as much a consumer thing. The people that used to go get tattoos were bikers and, and you know, extroverted people that wanted to be out there doing stuff. Yeah. So they would get them all sun warm. You're in the sun, no sleep. If you do no. that now, your tattoos Same will still thing. die a gruesome well, fate of death. But, but what, like what you're saying is kind of where I was going, though, like the talent pool is is bigger oh, right there's more sure. people going into Absolutely. it and so you're gonna like you just have a better chance of getting uh more innovation and like some some really incredible talent coming up through that right because there's a right, bigger pool right. of people and additionally like the people getting tattoos are a different broader group and so i remember like i have a tattoo that doesn't have like an outline right and there was a mm -hmm. lot of discussion about the fact that this tattoo <laughs> doesn't have an outline right, right and i was like no i really don't like i don't think it should and but that was not common at one point and then sure. i think you posted a photo of a tattoo that you did that was like i may have this wrong but like a pitcher pouring like color out or something but like the color didn't really have lines around it it was just oh, like yeah, probably like pouring it and i was like man that looks amazing it's this whole different it just looked totally different i was like wait a second hold on i like that doesn't have lines like that's you know and you just start seeing this like innovation in thought about what even a tattoo could be right like it's sure. like or what people want tattooed maybe is starting to like stretch the border. Sure, side. right. And uh, the some of the best tattooers in the world are getting older now, and there are people that are coming up and and basically they're what took guys twenty years to learn uh, when I was coming up. People are learning in two or three now. So you know, removing all the effort of of being a tattoo artist to just be able to concentrate on the art of it and making it good, uh, but. Also, those people who made those innovations and to this day, you know, no one's done anything necessarily more detailed than some of the guys have been tattooing for right. 20 years. But now we've got 20 years worth of how those detailed tattoos age and heal. So as far as things for color application uh, and blending, you know, uh, and again, skin density, uh, skin type. Uh, what type of lifestyle you have, we can make better educated guesses on how long a tattoo will last or how it'll hold up. But that also goes into it artistically and compositionally. Right. And that actually, as far as the envelope is getting pushed forward, it also gets kind of dialed back because you get these really great hyper-realistic artists who are doing beautiful, amazing tattoos. And after that tattoo is healed in the skin two years later, it looks just like the person that did that tattoo with 80% of the detail at the same time. So 
it's really strange as far as, you know, again, how, how they age, what you can get away with, because there are limits to what will look good and go. But so as you're pushing the innovation and people are getting away with some of the most cool things you've ever seen, you know, a lot of that stuff doesn't actually hold up. So we have to make, you know, professional and ethical decisions <laughs> right. to maybe I shouldn't be so ambitious because I really do <laughs> want to build a career here. And I want your tattoo to look bright and bold. You know, we have a saying in the industry, bold will hold. That's a lot of where that black outline talk comes from. And again, it's down to the different types of art, uh, right. and different types of innovation and different types of expectations because some stuff is really soft and light detailed that just does not hold up for the lifestyle. Yeah. You can't get the Sistine Chapel done down your arm and then be a roofer for right. a living. You right. know, I mean, right. that's that, that, Although that you'd be is, the coolest roofer for one year. And then, like, <laughs> and, right. And then in two years, people are going to be like, Oh gosh, what's that on your arm? Well, it used to be the Sistine Chapel. Eric Allen did it. Like, you know, so I was like, I want stuff that's going to hold up and look like a runny color. Five years, 10 years yeah. later, you know, so there's, there's a lot of give and take and there's, you know, a lot of people that are far more innovative than I am out well, there doing really amazing things that do hold up. But anytime you have innovation, in you're going to have, <laughs> the innovation that doesn't work, right? Like we just get sure, there and we're like, right. oh, yeah, that you rocket throw it all at the wall and see what off. sticks. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I, I mean, that's the stuff you don't sell your average patron walking in the right. door. You don't want to be like, all right, we're going to experiment a little bit and see how it goes. How do you, you feel know, about you doing this be, one and glow in the dark? Right, right, <laughs> which is a whole other, yeah, that's a whole I feel other, like that's died down a, a little, little bit. Other, yeah. A lot of the requests have died down. Uh, and it really it's, there's not a lot of reliable products on the market that you can I, get for it. And yeah. you know, there's certain things that go in, to those inks that are pretty sketchy and questionable so it's like mm, let's see do i inject people with skin cancer today probably not yeah. let's, I, let's that not first crossed that. my radar in like early 2000 sure. right and it was just like mm, let's hold right. for a bit and like cool idea nerve-wracking like unless it's mm -hmm. some jellyfish like extract i don't know if i want right. it and even then right. i probably don't want jellyfish extract in my body <laughs> and unfortunately the the thing that comes with the beautiful innovation of going to online and being able to use references from anywhere for your art there's also really good references for really bad ideas mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. things like the glow-in-the-dark tattoos a lot of hand tattoos like uh just there's oh look at all the detail they put a portrait a lot portrait of a lion on that person's knuckle it's like yeah that'll be a blight in a few years though and you know it might hold up on one out of a thousand people okay yeah you know and that's the thing you got to run with and once you build a long career in it you've seen a lot of other people's work age and a lot of your own work age so you learn to dial in the innovation with the with the tried and true what's the response rate to the the caution right so if i if i come in i'm like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna tattoo my inner lip right which mom right. i'm not gonna do but let's sure. say like and you're like well here's the downside whatever foot tattoos are another one where i'm like that's gonna wear generally pretty quickly um do do people most of the time like, okay, yeah, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to do it. Or is it normally like, yeah, this is my idea. I'm still going to do it. Like, so, uh, we have a whole fun thing with this. Uh, and it, everyone has to be told by two different people. It's, you can never walk in and have it told to you by one person. Cause they stand there with dumbfounded looks and then start the, the workaround questions. Yeah, and then yeah. someone else will have to come and that's when they're like, Oh, okay. And then they, you know, they're receptive. So it's funny. No one ever believes the first person they hear, no matter how long they've been tattooing. Like I could tell them and then someone would have to come up and be like, he's right. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, uh, and, uh, then, you know, a lot of people they're, you know, they're like, okay, cool. And they'll, you know, rethink their idea or come up with a little bit better placement or something that'll actually hold up or, 
you know, in certain cases, it'll be like, well, as long as you know the risks and as long as you know it's not guaranteed, we will take this journey. But that's rare anymore because, you know, I want to make sure that the tattoos look, I don't want to put something on you that I know isn't going to work. Uh, and some people are not receptive at all. Some people want what they want. They're determined. And I promise you there's enough saturation of artists and studios in Northwest they'll Arkansas that they'll find somebody that will yeah. do it. And then they'll come and get a quote from me in three or four months from then. And I'll see their hand tattoo. I'll be like, Oh, how'd that work out for you? You know? And, uh, <laughs> and that's that. Well, I was thinking about covering it up. Uh, well, yeah. Um, well, now you can do flat I mean, black. Like, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> well we weren't going to put that design on you in the first place. So what do you possibly think could cover that blight up? Yeah. You know? So, uh, how do you feel about know, having that like skeleton suit from karate kid? Right. As you're like, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you just do the bones. Uh, so I'm going to ask an extremely naive, dumb question probably what's your favorite size of tattoo to do uh i like well size wise that's fun because when you're thinking about canvas right like like i mean i assume back is probably one of the largest pieces of real sure. estate you have sure sure and then you're gonna have like tiny little things that go on an arm or a hand right or right 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 but you also have like a lot of mid-sized things and i just wonder like oh it, it runs you know, i like gamut. this size can canvas is like Kind of my favorite because it's a little bit of constraint, but enough room to work, right? Sure. Like, uh, for me, it's important to either fit the body part or not at all. Uh, you know, there's it's one of those things where I like tattoos that are sized. Like, if you want a forearm tattoo of a skull, I don't really necessarily want to do a two inch tall skull in the middle of your forearm and right. take up all that real estate with a tiny little floater. You know, if it's like, Oh, you want to, you want to <laughs> four. Oh, I have them. I have them everywhere. Uh, <laughs> my, I, my I started getting tattooed tattoo. last yeah. century. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, uh, when you too. can make it bigger for them, it's it's just more of an impact. Not only is it more recognizable as a, at a distance, when people see you from 30, 40 feet away, they can tell what your tattoo is. That's beautiful, bright, and impactful. Uh, but also, it just fits the body better. You right. know, I mean, why if, 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 if you're my size, why would you try to put on a pair of women's medium running shorts? It's, right, it's not right. really going to fit me. So, you know, uh, fitting the body part is probably one of the more important things that I like aesthetically. So the size being something that actually fits the, the anatomy. But also, you know, I'm a big fan of tattooing as an art and not necessarily. There's a, you know, a lot of really like actually painting on people just brush stroke things following the shape of a muscle or or small bangers that are in a place they shouldn't be to as a statement you know right uh, so it's kind of fun both ways but i would say just a, a hard leaning is the size tattoo i like doing is something that just fits the body part something that that wears well and yeah. actually looks like it should be there most of the time that ends up being pieces that'll end up going a couple of sessions and, right you know time is also like what's the most fun uh i either like something i can break out over multiple sessions and get done that's a large piece or uh you know i like little two or three hour bangers i'm not a big fan of like stacking a whole bunch of things that take less than an hour in my books right but if it's like just a nice what we call bangers you know something that takes two or three hours it makes a nice clean impactful piece and you're in and out of there and it's cool you know it's affordable it's it's just a neat piece of art and you get to do a couple two or three of them in a day right but then there's some you know the bigger pieces are what i love you go in and you tattoo all day and you go home and you'll see that person again in four to six weeks and work on them some more so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah keep doing the work right um 
the, I don't know what made me, oh, the stacking small ones. So what was the thought process behind, I've always wondered this, the like that $30 tattoo day where it's like you can pick Marketing. from just just getting people in the just door. Just marketing, just marketing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's something fun to do. And it, mostly it's done by studios that need the attention and need the business. So they're just pushing themselves out there uh, yeah. at or below cost just to really get some notoriety. Because, I mean, if you get people in your door, they they end up, you know, you're their tattoo artist. Not as much anymore. There are people that are dedicated to certain artists, but it used to be like loyalty to your tattoo artist was a fierce thing. But now stuff like that, it's just a marketing play to get more people in the yeah. door. Sometimes when you're more uh, successful, accomplished, established, whatever you want to call it, uh, you don't have time to do to basically mess with stuff like that because you're already booked out and don't need the, right. yeah, the, the hassle of to. doing it, you know, uh, but also sometimes you're bored and you know what I think, uh, I've been working on a bunch of big pieces. I think I want to torture myself by doing 37 tattoos today. Let's, let's throw a bunch of stuff together and, and a bunch offer of a four leaf clovers all day and, long. Yeah. Right. 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 Thing yeah, is. You know, and I mean, that's, that's fine and fun, but that's essentially it's a marketing play. I end up covering up more of those tattoos than I've probably ever I done was, at this like, point. And not to, to each their own. Right. But it sure. always kind of like, I, and I do have a couple, two pieces of flash. Um, but for me mentally, it was always like, well, I really want this thing to like be personal to me. Right. Oh, like, I've got a bunch of nineties flash. On me. <laughs> right. So I'm not against flash, right? Like some flash right. is absolutely amazing. And it's cooler than any it's idea an art you're going to come like up with. It's like any other in a very legitimate and established. One, 100%. But I never quite understood the like, I'm going to get this four leaf clover. It's like, why, what, why, <laughs> like, right. what are you doing with that? Um, and, and I do think about like, to your point, like you are kind of blocking some space at that point. Like I was in your shop, uh, like a few days ago. Right. And I got asked the question, like, so do you have anything on this body part? And I was like, yeah, I have a small piece. Right. Like, right, right, right. like hopefully it's not an issue, but I was like, well, I used that spot. I mean, I purposely kept most of the arm clean, but then I used a little sure. shot. I'm like, well now I've complicated the whole process. Well, I mean, it. you know, it's, <laughs> it's all different stuff. Sometimes relocation is a thing, which is fun. We don't, move your tattoo yeah it was like but, skin grafts uh, like no, you just cut uh, off some and tape over <laughs> no, here uh, say you want to you want a nice piece but you've got something small in the way and it doesn't fit where you're going or where you want to go with that piece but it is sentimental to you uh you know working around it wouldn't be a good idea because it kind of makes an eyesore in the piece so we would just relocate it we would say okay well let's for this body part this piece that you're wanting this piece of art that you're wanting to flesh out here let's go ahead and do that and cover your tattoo and then we'll just reapply that same tattoo elsewhere on your body in a position that makes more sense. That's like, so cool. I've never thought about down, that. Oh yeah, let's that one on the inside of your bicep that's now in the way of this one. Let's just put it on your ankle, and then you know somewhere that's like discreet, out of the way, not in the middle of right. the space we need. So what you're telling me is my dad was wrong. My choices aren't permanent. I can always cover oh. it up with a new tattoo and just move the old tattoo somewhere else. Daniel, who knew? What if I told you that nothing was permanent? What? I'm not ready for this conversation. We're focusing on tattoos and, <laughs> and I don't need this impermanence conversation. Uh, yeah, no, I, that's that's cool. I had never thought about relocation because I, I have always sure. tried to kind of like think about like future spacing or right things that make sense. Like, right. But then, you know, mom would come up and you're like, yeah, we're all doing this thing together. And five years later, you're like, oh, right. well, uh, I'm also very haphazard. Like, in the sense that um, 
like I don't get tattoos regularly, right? Like I'll kind oh, of like, not many like, people do. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, there's a period of time well, where it's like more. every like six months or a year you'd get something right sure. kind of thing, right, right. And then just for a long, like, I became a single dad. I like right, right? and you kind of and like finances don't make sense to go that direction or whatever the thing is. And then, um, you know, I was in Prague a couple of years ago, and my brother and I wanted to get matching tattoos, and I was kind of like, man, I really like. I have some ideas I've had for a while that I really want to work. Like it kind of like refuels the fire sure. a little bit. And you're oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want to go back and get some, which I'm really worried about this plan because I'm like, well, if I do that, I'm already thinking about other stuff. I'm like, this oh, yeah. is a terrible idea. <laughs> no, no one has one tattoo anymore. That's just yeah, not that's 100% how it goes. Fair. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just have to, once you dive in, it's, it's a thing, you know, it's, you become a collector and you know, some people don't get their second tattoo for 20 years and then just go haywire. Or some people like come to appreciate the art of it and go bigger, you yeah. know, uh, where they had kind of tested the waters before. But, you know, you also get a lot of people that are going big out of the gate now, which I really appreciate. I think it's a, yeah. it's a form of art. It's a form of self-expression. You shouldn't get tester tattoos. You shouldn't necessarily let other people influence your decision other than your tattoo artist, of course. <laughs> uh, but, you know, <laughs> You know, you should go big if you want to go big. You should get right. the tattoos you want to get. And, you know, you should get fun, silly, off-the-cuff, in-the-moment impulse tattoos if your artist isn't booked out and available. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> you should also, you know, plan painstakingly to make sure you get just the perfect piece on the... Po- that, that's the beauty of tattooing. There are no... It is a singular thing in a singular culture, but there are not really many rules within it. Just right. what's going to make a good tattoo that'll hold up well in the skin is pretty much the biggest rule there is artistically. Right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, beyond that, it just is what it is. I still, as a parent, I still give the advice, it, like my daughter really, like, right. She grew up around it. Like to her, it's just like a, sure. Right. Um, whatever. But I still give her the advice of like, for your first tattoo, like think about what you want for like a year. And oh, if yeah. that's Me still too. what you want, <laughs> then go get it. Like, I, I don't have a problem with getting tattoos, but like, don't just run out and get, a leaping dolphin with your girlfriends or whatever. Right. Like kind of thing. Like until you get four tattoos and then just get whatever comes yeah. in the mind. Well, and I hit know, this just... weird critic cause I would think about it for forever. Right. And then I hit this weird critical mass where I was like, I don't care that I'm going to go get this Lego brick on the inside of my arm right, because right, right, I like right. Legos and I'm 40 and there I can do that. And, <laughs> you know, like, right. There. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's so funny how like meaningful and symbolic and important they can be to yeah. people and then how completely disregarded they are after you have them. You'll forget about them and be like, Oh yeah, I do have oh. a tattoo there. Or, or, you know, you'll some weird notion will hit you and you'll shave your arm for the first time and be like, Oh, that looks really good under all yeah. that hair. I have, <laughs> had no idea. Yeah. I didn't even know I had it. Like, I forgot about this tattoo. Yep. Hadn't really paid attention to it. I actually have a couple on my body that I've had for over, you know, yeah. two, three decades now. And I, I surprise myself with them still. I, <laughs> I'll I see them in the mirror and be like, what the? Oh, yeah. yeah I forgot, I forgot this was there. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. actually, in a weird way, <laughs> and I know this is terrible, but like, it it almost sometimes cautions me on getting a tattoo because I'm like, but I'm going to forget that I have it. Ah, it's still be cool. Uh, I mean, you know, like, you, you, buy, just, you buy a car because you like it and you want it and it's cool, but then it's just your car. Yeah, you know? 100%. Or and clothing think, or anything else, uh, you know? Yeah. And I still, like, I think at the end of the day, for me, it's a way that I enjoy expressing elements of myself, sure. right? Like, and and to me, it's still like a valuable way to like, in a weird way, it tells a story, right? It's a tapestry of decisions and moments and thoughts and spots Absolutely. over the course of your life. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I had the like 
I'm intending to do a, a like for me, what'll be the biggest piece I've done. And there was literally a question moment in my mind where it was like, isn't like now, like, why didn't I do that when I was 25? Right. And for a variety of reasons, uh, (laughs) but like what would have been different, you know, but it was like, yeah, but why not? Like there's nothing stopping me. And I, and I've had this idea for a long time. It's been scratching the back of my brain for a long, long time. And I enjoy telling parts of my story this way. So I'm going to do it, you know, like, and, um, But yeah, I, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I did a weird mental roundabout again. I'm going to use that like forever. Whenever I was talking about something earlier, I was like stuck on the roundabout, not knowing roundabout. where to turn off. Yeah. Bad engineering design. <laughs> Gone in but, circles so many times. You're like, is this even real? Do I find, do I find a, what if I told you nothing is real? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to, uh, start a sentence. Oh yeah. You finish it with whatever comes to, Oh, you've actually listened to an episode. Most people are like, what's about to happen. Um, okay. So I'm going to start a sentence and you finish it with whatever comes to mind. All right. I wish I could. No more always. Uh, you yeah. thought about this. Well, I mean, I you thought were ready. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. a little bit, but I mean, I had a lot of different answers. I didn't know which one was going to pop out of me always, but I'm, I'm an eternal seeker of just knowledge and understanding and knowing yeah. more things, man. And I think uh, it keeps you young. I, I really wish do. I could know more always. Yeah. And you know, it's that whole, that the, the kind of the self feeding loop of the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know anything. hundred percent. And, uh, you know, that's just, I want to know more always. That's kind of what's led me in life to, to where I am and what I'm doing. And it's for better or worse worked out to make me. And I kind of like me. So here we I kind of like you too. Thanks. A lot of people don't, I've known you for like 20 years and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's I'm very fond of you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That's a, uh, uh, but yeah, thanks for coming and hanging out. And it, this hey, is, I know we've kind of like tried to do this, I think for a couple of years right, and right, just right. like, never quite came together sure. but i mean single parenting is a thing so i'm, I'm kind of a i call myself a highly extroverted cave dweller <laughs> it's yeah that's the probably a fair description didn't really did hurt not me help. too much it didn't oh. help me but it didn't hurt me i mean i'm kind of used to staying in my cave raising my kid mostly yeah. i was focused on making sure their mental health was set and solid and that they had a good experience and didn't go crazy with virtual school for a year. Yeah, so that, they just that. started their first job and everything looks good. Finishing up their junior year at art school. Uh, so here we go. First place ribbon, right? You have a kid that survived. That's that right. Is probably going to make it out the door. Less, so that's really less than a year to 18. And I mean, 18 isn't super significant because my kid can stay at home with me as long as they right, want to, right. you know, it's just me and them. So I'm super down to have them stay there till they're 27. I don't care. Right. Kick it around, kiddo. I kind of like them. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what I do but when yeah. my daughter hits 18. I'm like, what? Like, you can stay, but I'm probably we're leaving. Done. Just so you're like, I'm right. out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right. This, but, this is your apartment now. <laughs> it's probably the best deal in town. I'm going to go ahead and kick rocks. Yeah. Where are you going, Colorado? <laughs> yeah, that's on my list. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so much. <laughs> Look What I Did is produced by Aaron Dotson and Daniel Quinn. Sound designed by Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Kelly.